Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope everyone is having a fantastic January. Today on the podcast, we have Staz Nair. You know him from Game of Thrones, but we're here to talk about Rebel Moon. You've also seen him in Supergirl. He's an awesome actor, a true citizen of the world, and he took an interesting journey and started this young, took a break, got into music and came back in his 20s. And his journey's really interesting. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. And I'm so grateful to Staz. Everyone make sure to check out Rebel Moon. Here it is. Staz and I here. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? Hello, Ryan. Why did your voice all of a sudden, by the way, just just uh, for, pre- for pre-context, we uh, we had a fantastic conversation. I, I know, dude. I should have recorded we this. Started recording, Ryan. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. My fault, dude. You're a legend. Very I've enjoyed talking yeah, with pleasure, you so man. much. I guess you can count this as we've had a pre-interview and a good bro down. But, dude, it is a pleasure Absolutely. and an honor. I feel like now we have a rapport. Yeah. We have a rapport. Oh, bless you, man. Thank you. It's 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 just an it's an honor back just to sit down and have a conversation with a fellow thespian and and you know this is actually my first. Uh, acting related podcast so i'm just really looking forward to sitting down and having a genuine conversation with you man rebel moon game of thrones <laughs> supergirl you're carving out such an amazing path and as a man uh i don't drink and i only say that or or do drugs yeah. that i have found fitness is my is my passion of way of of being addicted to something now but you're in impeccable shape and you're hell of a good looking man so i'm yeah. really excited to get to talk to you oh thank you Thank you, thank you. That was uh, that was so charming. I feel like I should buy you a drink now. It's 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 all good. Maybe maybe when you come to New York for some project, we'll absolutely. Do that. But that. Uh, where Love did that. you grow up? Oh man, um, I I grew up in a lot of places, right? Um, I am Russian Indian by descent, so wow. spent but but actually left Russia when I was two years old. Uh, lived in the UK, Soviet Union, or, or Russia. I. I Actually, was born two months before the Soviet Union fell uh, fell apart in 1991. Some may say that it happened because of my birth, <laughs> but I that's that's up to interpretation. That might be interpretation, but uh, but no, I left uh, I left it to uh, and spent uh, three to five years in the UK, and then I actually lived in Cincinnati for for two months for two years, wow. enough, and then wow. moved back. Then lived in Portugal, then lived in a boarding school. It's a really, you know, it's the reason I just started rambling there is because when someone asks you where you're from, it's such a tough question to answer, right? It's does where you're from stand for where you were born? Does it yeah. stand for the culture you were raised into? You know, um, and for me, it's kind of a real mix. You know, I, I I spent most of my life in the UK, most of my young adult life in the UK. So I would, you know, if someone was to ask me where I was from, I would say Russian Indian, but raised by the British. Wow. So a, a true citizen of the world with multicultural yeah. amalgamation of so many different, like we were speaking earlier about cosmopolitan and, and we're real, yeah. real different ethos of so many different countries and different blends. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I'm, I'm curious, you know, because, you know, both of us are actors. How did this bug happen for you? Are your parents artists? It's a good question. Um, my mother was always creative. My, my mother is is, uh, is was a pianist, uh, and so there was always kind of creativity in the house. Um, and I think that definitely was the the biggest catalyst for me 
uh, at least. And, but uh, I, I don't know whether it was my ADHD or just me as a person, my, my, my way of viewing the world or existing within it. But as a kid, I didn't really have toys. I, I, I would create characters. I would play the piano. I would draw. I just, I think creative outlets were always kind of innately a part of my process, even as a child. And as an adult, I found a lot of positive catharsis and escapism and you know, as a young adult in my teens, you know, uh, through through music, through acting, and through through the arts, and um, I always say, you know, it, I was very lucky because I always knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to create, express, perform. You know, I didn't know specifically as a kid under what guise, under what kind of paradigm, whether it be music or writing or acting, or but the the, the need for expression was always very very kind of um, prevalent. In, in, in me as cliche as that sounds. No, that's that's beautiful. And then did you play piano or any instruments yourself or yeah. Yeah. I played the piano myself. I still write and compose on the piano myself. I mean, albeit terribly relative to some of my brilliant friends. But but enough but enough to get get the idea on paper and and, and um yeah no I I, I, I always say that I, I look at acting and music as my two children that I love equally and but very differently. You know, yeah. if you have, I imagine if I had a daughter and a son, I would love them equally the same, but in very different ways. And that's kind of how I look at those two mediums uh, for myself, both as a spectator and as a participator. And, 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 you know, obviously you're moving around the world quite a lot, but, you know, being in the UK, did you have an exposure to a lot of the arts there, both in theater, you know, and, and all the wonderful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm, I started back in the day. I mean, when I when I first I first got into acting in terms of you know when I when I first got back into acting, sorry, got into acting. Um, it was it was in the UK. I was very young. Actually, I have my mother to thank for this again. I, I think I was always had a lot of energy and a lot of output <laughs> that needed exhausting, and my mum used that as an opportunity to put me into dancing and acting. And so I, I actually started in the West End, so the British Broadway. No uh, doing uh, an inspector call, which was an old, an old theatre piece. I, I, I again try to remember the, the who, who wrote it, but and um, yeah, and so I, I started quite young. I actually got fired from an inspector calls no at eight years old because at the encore, a lady waved, and I thought it prudent to wink at her. And obviously, the West End will have none of that. Wait, wait, can you, for, for the American audience, can you explain that? That makes no sense. Okay, so, okay, so, 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 uh, the West End is Broadway. It's this, it's this, it's, it's our version. Yeah, totally, you know, I get that uh, for sure, yeah. yeah. So, 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 so beyond that, at the end of the show, we all take a bow, right? When yeah. we take the bow, I had this lady screaming, waving, and looking at me, and I, eight years old, never done this before, you know, totally overwhelmed by the whole experience in a good way. I look and I wink at her. And uh, ended up, uh, you know, getting um, getting canned for that. Or oh, I was t- terrible. Who knows? I was a child. But uh, but suffice it to say, uh, after a, after a, after a, a few shows, I, I got canned. That's know, appalling, man! You know, I can't. I'm outraged. We got to no, look up it's, these it's, producers. It is the outrage, Ryan. Rejection, yeah. rejection is rejection is a is a big part of our big part of our career and our, and, and our trajectory and our journey as actors. So, yeah. you know, it was, I got, I got, I got taught that young, but, um, but yeah, so I started off doing that and I, I, I was, I was kind of, I was acting as a kid up until about 10, 11 years old. And I think it just started, um, 
I guess, imagine a single mother from from pre-Soviet Russia coming to the UK trying to give us a better life. And uh, she ends up, uh, you know, having a child who's spending from 7 to 11 p.m. every night trying to be in theatres. I think she was just worried about my future, rightfully so. And, you know, what that meant. And and, and so uh, I actually stopped acting as a kid at 11. And then uh, didn't go back to it till I was 21. I then did music for nine years professionally. But, uh, but I, I was, took a uh, break yeah. too. I'm so glad to talk to someone who's, you know, done the same thing as me because I find that hard to find anyone that's yeah. had that experience. And talk to me about that then. Yeah. So when, when you did that, is it true that you formed a band? Yeah, no, yeah, I was in, I was in a band with my now brother, um, my, you know, my adopted father who raised me from 16 till, I mean, till, to this day. But, uh, but yeah, I was in a band for about seven, eight years. It was a boy band. Suffice you you were on, on uh, the X Factor, was, right? Please don't judge me. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's all yes, known. Yes, you know, they yeah. tried three years to get us on that show. They tried to get us on that show for, and, um, you know, it's a weird thing, right? I mean, ultimately, business and creativity have to marry to make a product, and that's that's a sad reality. But um, but you know, literally, uh, it was reality. A very, it was a, you know, I know those are not real, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all on another scale, but yeah. I mean, I for seven eight years, I was uh, a co-writer and a singer in a band, and we eventually got to a kind of sound that I think we could we could say we were proud of, but um. You know, what I can say to now and to the process as an actor, it definitely informed a lot in terms of the need to hone your craft, the the trial and error that inevitably goes into being great at what you do or even striving to be great at what you do. And um, and I think, you know, part of the reason I dove straight back, dived straight back into um, acting after the band was starting to break up was because I realized what I loved the most was being a part of something. There's something beautiful about being a cog in the machine. And I don't mean the machine in an industrialized way. I mean, a creative machine, the, yeah. the entity, let's call it. Sounds way more cool to call it the entity or something, but the creative entity that we create together. And then it's, and I think, you know, when we broke up as a band, I kind of looked at it and went, well, I, I, uh, I looked at it as kind of a, I think the idea of going solo with things like myself was was not only scary, but that isn't why I got into artistry before. There isn't a sustainable way for me to be an artist. I think what I love about acting is that you are one part of a beautiful whole. Yeah. You know, you have a collective of actors, ADs, crew, DOPs, cameramen, the director. There's this beautiful marriage of everyone's ideas and it's just, it's so collaborative. And I think when I, when we broke up as a band, I was like, I, I can't imagine it being as fun and collaborative. The journey isn't as fun if it's not shared. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's kind of what I got me back into, got me back into uh, acting at 21, 22. And here we are. I mean, there's, I can go into all the semantics yeah. training, all that stuff, but that's the, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can, if that comes up again. Just... No, no. I mean, what, what was the process for you to reacclimate back in? Yeah. Did you go to a, did you go to a drama school, drama program? Or... You no, know, I did not. I, I, I did two and a half years as a kid at drama school and no, you know, um, I have no, uh, no stigma against drama schools. You know, I have, I have, I have friends of mine who've done very well under them. And friends of mine who have who who have who have come out and felt like they had to undo after going to certain schools, being under certain people's tutelage, right? But what I would say is, I was very lucky. I, I, whether it's a combination of me being 
the way I am, my experiences, coupled with my experience as a kid, as in, in acting and in and in, in, in the craft, um, I I I was lucky. I started working after you know a year of just training under various teachers. Um, and that being said, though, I mean, I still to this day have have an, have acting coaches I work with, and yeah. you know, I I I actually find that since I've become a working actor, I have done recently way more work on becoming a proficient and and. And I don't want to trained is the wrong word, but adept yeah. or, 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 or diligent kind of in my process far more now as a working actor than I was, I think, in my young adulthood when I was kind of dipping my toe back in the water. And, and uh, when, when you started to get back in, you know, were you kind of thrown in for a lot of film and TV auditions or was it right back for theater? Yeah, no, I, 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 as soon as I saw it, went in as an adult, you know, aesthetic plays a massive role in where and where people think to put us or, or decide to put us. And I, I was very lucky, you know, I, I went straight into TV and film, you know, albeit all different sizes and scales. It wasn't like Game of Thrones, here you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'd been, I had been auditioning for, for four and a half years and actually got close to another role on Thrones two years before. Uh, which obviously I think built a nice relationship with uh, Robert Stern, the actor, wonderful man at uh, at, uh, at uh, HBO and on, and on Thrones, uh, and got me the the role that I got eventually. But um, uh, but yeah, no, it was it's, I've 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 mainly always gone up for TV and film. Not to say I wouldn't love to go back into theatre. Uh, yeah. I'm just still terrified of going absolutely. Broke broke again so i you know it's nice to go up for roles where that, that pay the bills i understand and, and believe me i identify especially in america it's it's very similar here and you know so as you started to garner credits again did you feel like you know perhaps since you hadn't really visited it for so long almost 10 years that you had to kind of refine or retrain your your voice and your 100%, identity 100 one, 100% man and I think beyond my voice and my identity it was just I think art, the, the beautiful thing about artistry is that it's never ending you know we can always find a way to understand ourselves better the human condition better the psychology of what it is to be human better which inevitably makes us more proficient at our job and I remember at first when I was 22, 23, 24 getting into it I, I felt this level of kind of like what's the word I, like I, I false comfort I was like oh it'll all be fine you know I, I can ride on my my traumatic childhood, or ride on my experience as a kid actor, and and as I started delving more into it, I realized if I really wanted to be an artist, I had to understand the process and the childhood relations, and that comes with always wanting to hone your craft. I think the people that are great at what they do never lose the humility necessary to become greater, to become better, and. Um, I really found that once I was fortunate enough to work on Thrones, which in itself was a learning. And, was and a learning for 11 field. episodes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I like to talk, and this guy said next to nothing. So learning to exist and exist wholeheartedly in these worlds, yeah. you know, fully uh, was, was a lesson in itself. But 100%, Ryan, I, I, the more I was fortunate enough to get these, these, these glimpses into my industry, the more I realized how hard I had to work to deserve the opportunities I was getting because uh, statistically speaking, I think if I'm not mistaken, there's 69 odd 68 million actors on IMDb. Wow. Uh, I did not uh, know, you know that. So to be a, yeah. Yeah. So roughly. And to be a working actor, you sit in the 
top 15 to 50,000, which is putting you in the top 0.001 percentile. You know, you're 0.01. I think it's 0.001, if I'm not mistaken. My math is terrible, but, yeah. you know, the odds of being a working actor are, are miraculous, to say the least. So um, when I was fortunate enough to start working, it really made me double down on, on honing the craft and, and, and making sure that I was, I, was, I was pulling things off as truthfully and as well well-roundedly as possible. And was it amazing to be exposed to that level of just sheer production design scale? Hundred percent. I would. I would argue. I would argue. I've learned just as much being in the field, which is a paradox, right? Because how do you learn in the field? Like, yeah, it's to learn in the field. But you know, at least for myself, I, I was fortunate enough after three or four years to, to book some of these really, really wonderful jobs, and sometimes sporadically, you know. Yeah. Um. But 100%, you know, getting to see how other people work, how people uh, operate in these higher, you know, these, these, these bigger productions and just getting to see people really work well. I, I find that what I learned the best is the key is to how to get out your own way, yeah. you know, and then people learn that in different ways where that some, some people are lucky like Depp when it's like their life experiences, whatever, or Bale, who just, you know, who obviously have a ridiculous work ethic but had no classical or formal training. Yeah. Some people need to be push to the brink to find their vulnerability but it's you know the end game when i look at people who are really great it's people who are completely carefree and completely you know they, they've understood the character enough where they can they can they can just exist well enough to 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 give something that is completely free of the fear of being judged or completely free of other people's opinions and it's that's that that carelessness and that carefreeness is is a skill that you know takes years to 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 to, to harness did you learn a lot as well by watching Amelia, you know, being such close proximity? Oh, or, man. Amelia was yeah. cool, man. I mean, it's been, what, I, what I learned from Amelia was like you can be, you know, top, 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 uh, you know, top, top of top of the ring, top of the top of the rung. Yeah. I forget the saying, Scott, uh, but top, top of the top of the pedestal. And you can still be awesome and super down to earth, super cool. Like, you know, she's fantastic at her job. You know what I mean? But that's, you know, that, that, should, you know, hopefully that should be the, shouldn't be the benchmark. You know, people should be good at what they do. They should yeah, no, work hard to be great, you know? Um, and, uh, but, but beyond her being great, sorry, beyond her being great at her job, she was just very, very cool, very down to earth. She, she could see I was nervous. This was a big job for me. And she, she took the time to kind of make it feel very relaxed. It kind of, she's very girl next door, kind of just, just really cool, really cool individual. That's, uh, you know, what I say, but beyond her, you know, Peter, was just a masterclass every moment. Yeah. Just how he, how he, how he, how he, how he, his work, his work ethic, how he was. They, they were, and there's just, there's so many examples of great people. I mean, Lena, who played Cersei, she, yeah. she gave me her home in Los Angeles when I had no money and I needed to be there for three months. You know, she was like, I'm not there. Here are my keys. That's you so know? funny because so, her, her, her husband, who did the podcast, mm -hmm. he offered me his home. In Brooklyn, here, you know, after yeah. doing the podcast, yeah, yeah, that, that's, what they're, that's, that's yeah. what they're like. They're, they're, yeah. amazing, they're amazing individuals, amazing yeah. individuals. Uh, and uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a masterclass, not just acting, but just also, you know, there's so many of them are family driven. You know, it was just nice to see that there is, you know, a, a world where you can be great at what you do and do well, and also focus on the things that matter most family, you know, stability with those things. And now I feel like I'm Miss South Carolina giving no, a speech, but no, I do mean what I said. That's that's beautiful. You're you're miss you're Miss New York at that. It was very well put in and I'm curious then, you, you know, buddy. obviously that that show 
you know, especially coming out of this 2023 nightmare strike consolidation. Yeah. No more spending, yep. you know, we got to make bad stuff because that makes money, but it doesn't make money. So we're going to yep. make more being in something that iconic and that great. That was so great, you know, for as long as it was, no matter what you feel about the ending, that must have exposed you to not just an American audience, but a global scale. Then I imagine were you pretty strategic at that point about getting American representation if you didn't have it already? You know, you know um, what I will say definitely, and I agree with you, it, it definitely opened a lot of doors. But I think what it did more than anything was was allow me to be taken a little seriously. You know, it, it's yeah. it's hard sometimes when you're coming in as a young adult and you look a certain way, and and then people, you know, people people make assumptions like they do with any type of person. Well, you're you're but, a beautiful you know, man, uh, and you're in incredible model. shape, and I imagine. You know, there, there's, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of hate that, that you can get for that. You know, it, it's a blessing, but it can be a curse, yeah, too. I don't, I don't know if it's that. It, 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 I think we'll say it's a curse. It's just a level of misunderstanding, right? I, I think we get we, – we somehow separate intellect with aesthetic value. Yeah. And and when that happens, we somehow don't think that someone can be good at their job and look a certain way. And with women, even 10 times more than us. I mean, we, we're 10 times worse with, with – with with women, that's what Barbie was kind of about, right? The need for expectation. I mean, there's an expectation, there's a positive expectation, and there's a negative expectation. The negative expectation is, oh, this guy's there because he's he's resting with his laurels. He looked a certain way, and he had the right connections or whatever. And and, and I'm not. And you're hundred. Thank to, you for saying that, honestly, because that is true. You know, a hundred percent. The genetic factor. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm people. I'm not stupid enough yeah. to say that. Yeah, just to have that assumption, but I'm also not stupid enough to to not not uh, agree that they're right to an extent. People are gonna give me a opportunity in a, in, in a certain role because of the way I look. That's just that's just sadly the way the role the the industry works. We're not judged on our merits. We're not judged on our just our credibility and our ability, which I believe should be the case. We are we are we are judged on a whole horde of things that business or the industry believes makes us sellable, makes us yeah. marketable, makes us whatever, right? So, but, be, but, but you know, um, I think my, going back to your question, what this did for me was just allow me to be taken seriously. You know, I, I, I the creative arts were, were such a big escape and a positive escape for me and a need for catharsis in some of the tougher points of my life as a child. And um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't have existed without it. And there's a level of honor that comes from that perspective. And so it's it was just nice to people to start going okay you know maybe this guy can actually act you know? yeah yeah and 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 then did you at any point while after filming come to America take some meetings or you know were you already at that point yeah you know, getting I, I, American I, auditions yeah I mean I. I had an American manager. I actually went backwards. I had an American manager first through this was through word of mouth, through through a connection. And, you know, because I hadn't acted in 10 years, they were basically like, okay, well, we'll give you a shot. I was 22 at the time, I think. And they gave me like 15 auditions before they gave me an answer. It was like they just gave me tapes on tapes, two, one to three a week. And I would turn them out and look, all right, good. And they'd give me more and more. And then they made a decision and were like, Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll go with you. You know. Yeah. So it really was kind of quite a quite a grueling, kind of rigorous, but fun actually. You know, yeah. um, experience because I didn't realize at this point that it was like okay, it's either a yes or no. I thought they were like okay, we we got you. We like you. Here's some auditions. Yeah. None of these auditions were real auditions. It was just them vetting me essentially. Yeah. And uh, 
And so, yeah, I, I went with them first. And then I was just going up for roles that I wasn't ready for or I was really hard to get a visa for. And I had I no experience. Really. Yeah. And so uh, my manager in America was like, let's get you in a British agent. So I got a British agent after about six months of being with my wonderful American manager, Circle of Confusion. And Circle's um, great. I have a lot of friends. And yeah. Mm. And, yeah, and I love Circle. They're fantastic. Never bullshitted me. We're always honest with me. You know, um, yeah, they, 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 I'm, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't speak more highly of, of wearing a McKenna and Circle, my, my, my reps. But, uh, but I, I had, I had already gone out to America for, for Rocky Horror Picture Show, which in itself was an interesting one, um, because it was such an honor to remake the longest-standing cinema cult classic. I mean, they still play it in movies to this day, some 47, yeah. 48 years on. Bars, too, here in New York, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, so one honor, but, uh, you know, without never working for certain networks again, uh, I think the uh, people were more concerned about filling and enticing a younger demographic versus honoring something as cult ah. classic as that. But it was fun. The fun. I got to play Rocky. I was the you know the title star, and and uh, and I had, a, I had a ton of fun. And what it was such an eclectic and amazing cast. And uh, you know it wasn't it wasn't meant to be in terms of it wasn't meant to. I guess I guess it wasn't in our in our in our on our cards to uh, for it to be pulled off the way it deserved to be. But I had a ton of fun, and everyone you know loved the network that took care of me. Just which we made it less safe. Yeah. Well, that's but yeah, that's about, I was ready in America. My point. And 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 then at that point, did you move here because you had a visa or? No, I've I've, I've actually never lived in U.S. permanently. I've, wow. I've I've kind of come in for jobs. I have a visa. I can come in right now, you know. But uh, but uh, I like the separation, at least for myself, from not specifically the U.S. But you know, from from LA and from California. Although you know, the more I spend there, the more of a tribe I build there, and the more I have friends and people I call family now. So, so I'm, I'm, it, that's readily changing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I've always come in and out where I can. I like the separation. I, I think it's, you know, we get, we get sometimes get very little downtime or way too much downtime. So I think where you spend <laughs> downtime is very important. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, and and we're then somewhere, we're not, in, we're never in the middle. We're either too busy or too free. And, and, and so finding a, a place where you uh, feel safe in either circumstance uh, is is very conducive to sanity and happiness and general mental well being, and I found that in Portugal. So, and I'm glad you have that. And and how quickly then did did the audition for Supergirl happen? Because you've done you know I think yeah like almost forty episodes of that. Yeah, you know? you know what? Yeah, I did like thirty seven episodes. I look back, I'm like, where did all that fucking money go? <laughs> um, but the first time in my life I had money, and I was like, "Oh yeah, of course." It was agent fees, taxes, yeah, uh, me being terrible with money generally. But no, um, all jokes aside, uh, it was an interesting one because I, between season six and seven of Thrones, I lived in the well, the British equivalent of the projects. I, you know, I had next to no money. Was that the I left home very young, or? so kind of become black. No, that was that was uh, sorry. Was that wait, what? wait, wait? Because I know there's like the Cronks, 
down in South London, and then there's uh, Top Boy. It was actually Southwest. It's edge of Southwest London. But here's the thing. Do you know what's really funny? I, I I say it was like the projects, which it was. Yeah. But it was also like the projects in like the nicest area. I was very lucky. You know, there <laughs> oh, yeah. was a park next to me. I could Sorry, walk, I'm not trying to expose walk, you, dude. I could dude. walk my pit bull down <laughs> yeah. the Thames. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it yeah. was, I was, you know, I yeah. being, yes, yes, I, you know, I was living off of pennies a day. But uh, but I was very fortunate to be where I, where I'm living, you know. And actually, I, living in those places, I, I I felt a sense of community that I was absolutely lost in London. For example, when I was living in in the kind of the the government housing places, I was I felt far safer and far more part of a community than I did living in many parts of London. So it was uh, it was wonderful. But point is is you know a lot of people. This is the you do a job like Game of Thrones, and whether it's you get paid well. Or you know things come up straight away. They they they, they don't. You know you uh, you sometimes get really handsomely paid for three weeks or four weeks, but then you've got 50, 50 weeks to then spend it. You know, so uh, so 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 it was um, very much a learning curve, I think, for myself, and a, a humbling curve, a necessary humbling curve to be like, okay, you know, you know, uh, you are you are the 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 standard of a production and the money it makes versus the standard. Uh, that you should expect yourself to be at, and the money you make it are very different. You know, you can be on the biggest job in the world and make next to no money, or or not get another audition, or not get a, another job at least. You know, for um for for months, but and, uh, and years saying, now, even with the strike, for years, man. yeah, for yeah. sure with the strike, yeah. I know so many yeah. brilliantly talented and also established actors, yeah, who who didn't work at all over this period of time. But you know, for me, it was very humbling and very very important to. To, to 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 learn that because it meant okay what am I in control of I'm not in control of when I work even if I do the biggest TV show in the world that's not that's out of my hands what I'm in control of is my work ethic what I'm in control of is my ability to be as present and as ready for any job that comes my way and that's not just by honing the craft that's also by honing being a human being whether that's going to therapy or finding things that give you presence or a sense of joy with no money you know these all these things I think Alan Rickman said something along these lines. After I, you know, I am not stealing this from him. I'm saying he said something similar. He was like, you know, to be a great actor is is, is not just to, to to study your craft. It is to study the, what it is to be a human being and yeah. live in the world, read books, watch people, listen to music. You know, just connect to 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 artistry at its core, at its foundational concept. And and uh, that was very much the time for me to do that, and it, it served a fantastic purpose. Uh, instead of it being like, okay, Game of Thrones, next big thing, you know, well, I, I really went back to this being studious, studious, sorry. And, and, but I imagine, you know, for, for you as an actor, it must have been challenging to go from such a deep, dark, gritty show to, to Super Goro, where it's more of like a brand yeah. awareness, you know, conservative. Yeah, no, it was, man. It was. Still action, but very different how it's, yeah. how it's portrayed. Very different ball game. All of a sudden, you're filming. You know, fifty pages, fifty-five pages in a week to ten days. Would you do you an know, episode a to, week, or yeah, roughly give or take yeah. an episode a week? An episode, we would probably have pick up, probably have pick up some on the second week. You know, in between shooting the next episode, but it was very much like a you know to convey a belt, right? We're trying to you're trying to get its content, its, content. its network, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it's network. And do you know what? It was a really interesting thing. I, I have so much love for CW. A, it allows you to cut your teeth. You're doing content over content. It allows you to play around, you know, and not in terms of like, 
you don't have a lot of freedom creatively, but you have so much work to pull off, you know, uh, that, uh, that there's, there's the opportunity to learn, to create, to, to discover, to, you know, but, um, and that's Vancouver, right? For the audience. Yeah, that was Vancouver. Yeah. 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 And which was the, which was one of the nicest things about it. I mean, Vancouver is a big, big fan of Vancouver. If any actor or any person is, is fortunate enough to go to Vancouver, uh, make the most of it. It's a great place, but it was, it was definitely a very interesting thing because, as someone who tries to be a stickler or tries to understand and the, the structure of things, you know, with, with shows like CW as an actor, you know, you create, you think of the over, over ending arc of the story, over ending arc of yourself throughout a season over and, 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 and then the small arcs within scenes within moments. And, you know, we would film 50, 60 pages and then, 15 to 20 of those pages will be cut out, right? So all of us, and, and they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be whole pages or whole scenes. There'll be snippets here, moments here. So you see these kind of, it was, it was, it was a lesson, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say in understanding the different mediums, you know, and the different, the, the different types of productions and how they work and what they prioritize. And it was a very, very, um, again, humbling experience to, 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 to look at it and go, okay, well, this is what I make. And then the end product is going to look nothing like that. And there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it goes through the, the lens of the director, the producers, the editor, of course, and they have a, you know, a, a, a deadline. They have to make 40 pages, basically 41, 45 yeah, pages. With commercial 40, breaks, minute, you know, 44 minute episode with commercial breaks and all that stuff. So, you know, you're filming essentially 10, 15 pages that you know are going to get scrapped. And that was, that was very interesting, but tedious, the work experience, I imagine. you know, like, they, tedious and frustrating creatively. But again, this is, this is something that I think is sensible for any actor to learn, which is like, learn to let go of the things that are totally fucking out of your control. Look, there, there is something to be said. I remember sitting with David Harewood, uh, one of my favorite actors, he played Captain Poison in, in, in Blood Diamond, which was one of my favorite movies. And, you know, he's, he was the first black male to play Othello, even though he was black, uh, you know, or a more at least. Um, amazing actor. And, yeah, amazing actor, phenomenal actor. And I remember talking to him about him. I was like, I thought we, we hung out one weekend and like, Sam was some UFC. I had a conversation first and foremost, and he said, look, you know, this is, this is partially something that you cannot change, nothing you can do about. This is just the nature of this kind of this this style of production that you're in but he says what i what i would do when you know so much is being cut and you know it's all changing learn how to make the most of the smallest things if you if you if you if you if, you, if there's something in the script that doesn't feel worthwhile or doesn't feel as interesting as it should be make it interesting don't rely on the writing don't rely on the fact that it's definitely going to be in the in the cuts to 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 let it, don't allow that. Sorry to um, to not make the most of every, every every opportunity you have to do something great. And it was it was really wonderful because you know now I can I can tell the difference between really great writing and writing that is feeding a demographic, and you know, and and it allows me to constantly search for new ways to play things or create yeah. things or how to make things more interesting or at least more honest to myself. So yeah, I really well, enjoyed the process and. Perhaps, you know, dare I say, how to make writing that's not necessarily the most, you know, 
Game of Thrones, stark, edgy, but still bring it equal yeah. life and give the same kind of yeah. quality yeah. performance, you know? Yeah, and 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 exactly that, and 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 that is that 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 is all up to you, you know. You can create a, a rich and powerful inner world, you know. You could you can give every every word and every every thought meaning, you know what I mean? You can, you can raise the stakes even if they don't feel like they have to be. You can you can find moments of real honesty or, or conflict or there's 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 always something that can be done. And that's kind of what I think I learned on 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 Supergirl. And the cast are just lovely, just really good, nice, hardworking, talented people. The production really took care of us always. You know, I can never speak equal of Supergirl. You know? That's amazing to hear. And I imagine, you know, I, I'm curious for you because I do want to ask you about it as someone who finds physical fitness to be imperative in their life, particularly because as my audience knows, I, I, I don't drink or do drugs anymore. But for you, is that something that always came natural to you or that you just kind of started you doing know, because of Game of Thrones or, you, you know, where no, you know, Ryan, I, would, I, I am innately lazy when it comes to physical physical actually no that's a lie i'm in it lazy when it comes to training uh but i from the age of 16 and 20 to 20 like 122 i was obsessed with it i think partly it was a way of becoming a man in my head you know it was uh i was around i was in the band at the time and the guys were five six years older than me so they were they felt like men and i felt like a boy you know so there was this kind of need to rise to the occasion but I think naturally speaking, I, I would rather get my fitness from martial arts, from going on a hike, from taking a walk, for you know, from rock climbing. You know, although I do none of these things at the moment, way too busy and apparently way too stressed. I'm not sure if I'm telling the truth. I might be lying to myself. But um, training when it comes to the gym, it's 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 now it's become now it's become I've kind of flipped. Now it's become what's the word I'm looking for. It's transactional is the complete honesty. I keep myself in shape. I don't, you know, I, I still got like two out of the eight abs I had. Because you, uh, they're laser cut, dude. For you, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, but just, just, just so you understand, like there, I had a world-class, you know, world champion trainer. Yeah. I had a chef that would bring me food every day. I had everything done for me. All I had to do was turn up and work my ass off. Like, did did you know Snyder at this point? Did he know your work or? Oh was yeah, it absolutely. Audition? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I mean, me when I was living on my friend's floor for five or six months, me and my two closest friends we called ourselves the Spartans, you know, because it was the few against the many, achieving the impossible. You know, these the, the all these wonderful cliches that get us through the dark times, and are absolutely cliches for a reason. And so we call ourselves the Spartans. So, I mean, I, I'm from, from Sucker Punch to 300 to actually uh, Dawn of the Dead that I just watched with the wife last week, you know, because she hadn't seen it. Uh, you know, I've watched him. I've, I've always been a fan of him, as divisive as some people may see him. I've, uh, I've No, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan. And, and I know he's I mean, such a great guy. Oh, he's a fantastic man. He's, you know, his, you know, his, his wife also is always there. She's, she's, she's a EP. She's not just his wife. She is a phenomenal powerhouse and, uh, you know, absolutely, uh, the spearhead in many ways. I'm sure he'd say the same of, of what makes him as great as he is. And they're just an amazing team and they're family driven. And, you know, he's, he again is an example of, of success in the real, in the wealth and in the, in the, in the real sense, not wealth, financial wealth, but true wealth, which is, you know, uh, 
a feeling of of of, of content and family and and real. Um, I don't know. That's that, that that to me is when I think of wealth. I think of myself being healthy, you know, surrounded by by loads of family and love and dogs, and which he has all of, you know, and six kids. You know, he's he's uh, yeah. I, I think he's cracked the code when it comes to when it comes to life. How did it come your way, uh, Rebel Moon? Was it an audition? I was just lucky enough. I was just lucky enough to get the audition, Ryan. You know. Um, I, I, you know, I was, I was filming another movie that hasn't come out yet with Paul Bettany, legend, uh, doing actually a COVID comedy with him, which is probably why we haven't released it with Miramax, but a uh, really, really cool production actually. And I was, I was filming that and got the opportunity and it just, it just went well. I just, I just, I felt like I understood the character and I think that helped. Always for Tarek. You know, right? Yeah, for Tarek. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Um, I just, there, there was this, although he's very different to myself, I'm quite, ah, and loud and, you know, I like to say I come to people, whereas Tarek, people come to Tarek. You know, he's yeah. he's uh, he lets the world come to him versus vice versa, which is me. Um, but I just I don't know. I, I just felt like I understood him. And when I spoke with Zach for the for the second audition, it was you know for the final audition. Oh, the um, second was the final. It was literally yeah, first. And, yeah, wow. was, was, Look at you, yeah, dude. <laughs> Listen, and that just that's not usually the case. Usually, you know, it's it's two to five, two to four auditions. You know, it's um, this is just I think this just one this one makes sense. I remember, I remember when I did the first audition, I then spoke to when I got the the, the director meeting with Zach. I spoke to one of my acting coaches, a wonderful man, Ben Woodall. Um, he um, and he said, "Look, show me your tape." And I showed him a tape and. You know, me and him, we, we've known each other years. We, it's more, it's as much a meeting of the minds and peers talking and fine tuning as much as I am his student, and 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 I learn a lot from him, which I do. But he he watched it and he was like, I've I've just just keep doing what you're doing. I don't I don't I don't even want to I don't want to get involved in. He said so. I just think this 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 guy I I I understood him and um and I connected to him. You know, I just I lucked out, man. Like like you know like it's it. How many talented, brilliant actors do you know that don't get a look in, that don't get a chance? You know, it's, there's so many factors that come into becoming a successful actor, which I'm still working towards. But this being such a big, big shift and a big, yeah. big opportunity. Congratulations big again thing. on this. This Thank is you, such, such a wonderful achievement. And and Thank so I've, what, this audition, just so for the audience, when is this pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. the audition? This was, this was post-pandemic. No, this was this. So it's, well, no, this was during pandemic. I mean, wow, really? This was this would have been October 2022, baby. Okay, so not yeah, even that long. Ago. So wow, it would have been October, no, 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 October, November 2022 uh, was the final audition. And then I remember leaving that, and I'm 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 wickedly like many of us I have an imposter syndrome, and I'm certain someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and tell me I'm not meant to be here. But uh, I remember this being the audition coming up, being like, actually, this. This actually felt good. I, I I felt like me and me and Zach, you know. I remember telling him regard telling him regarding the bird. I was basically said, you know, I felt like the relationship with the bird was as much a relationship with himself. And what he was saying to the bird, he was more saying to himself, "This was the moment for redemption and freedom." And sure enough, I was right because what I got was that scene. And yeah, I just think that really that really helped to the read. But yeah, we did the audition October November twenty twenty two. And I got the news December the fourteenth, I believe. Wow, twenty twenty. I, I, I just remember the moment. Yeah. So, so twenty twenty three was actually a good year for you then. For me, twenty twenty three was 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 a spectacular year. I I I, 
my wife late 2022. I fell in love 2023. I uh, got married 2023. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, I was, I was, I was very lucky. I've always, always, I always had this, had this um, kind of storm before the calm or calm before the storm kind of thing. Whenever, whenever things go terribly wrong for me in many ways, it's, it's always turned out that, somewhere around around the corner i think with a lot of us there's there's a moment of hope and yeah. a moment of opportunity and, and i was very lucky that that was was kind of uh found in, in my now wife and this this awesome opportunity getting to play a, a bird master and and given the scale of this project i imagine you had a quite intensive pre-production process yeah no it was two months of of caloric deficit training five to six days a week um, where did you guys you know, film we filmed mainly in uh, Santa Clarita for the second half, and then okay. I think probably two th- uh, probably a third of it were were inserts in a studio. Okay, but um, but really cool because as, as, as I'm sure you know, like Zach really builds out these worlds practically and physically. So yeah, and you got to reunite whilst, with so many Game you know, of Thrones so alumni. I know. <laughs> Did you guys talk about, about that? I, I have to ask. Dario Nahara series? Yeah. No, guys... no one. No, this wasn't like a. This isn't. This isn't like a. You know, Zach is secretly obsessed with Dario Naharis and, and and Game of Thrones. I just, just for whatever reason, that uh, that ended up happening. I mean, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's uh, it's a weird Easter egg for the Game of Thrones fans. I am sure they have to have a photo together at this point. You know, laughing about it. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. We, we yeah. during the press tour, we, they, they, I'm sure they had a laugh about it. Yeah, that's hilarious. And and then, you know, I mean, working with Sophia, Charlie and everyone mm-hmm. else, I imagine, you know, everyone was probably you, you guys had to choreograph, I imagine, quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, again, they were I mean, the, the stunt team were amazing. You know, uh, was it you mostly as much as you could be? Yeah. Um, yes. 90-something percent of that was me. Wow. So I think I think there's maybe one stunt or maybe two. I think definitely one, maybe two stunts where where it wasn't me, but it's off the back, so I'm over the shoulder. So, uh, but I was. I remember telling Zach, I was like, "Look, anything you can legally allow me to do, just assume that I'm gonna want to do it." So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I that kind of stuff. You know, um, I, I throw myself in the deep, and also as the spectator, it's, it's wonderful to stay with the actor. You know, and. And, and know that they don't have to rely on cutting to some rudimentary shot of you so it looks like you, but it isn't you. It's, it gives a lot more for the director to work with, the editor to work with, and also physically for me. If we can, if we can have those four walls as rich as possible, you know, uh, it, it makes our job easier. So it was, uh, he was very, very gracious with allowing me to do many things and potentially injuring myself many, many times, but I got away reasonably unscathed. And you, do you feel like this project specifically for you was such a great launching pad because you have such a pivotal role to the narrative? I mean, look, we'll have to wait and see, Ryan. I mean, you know, the, it's an interesting one, right? Because, you know, this show has, has, done, has done very well, very well uh, audience-wise. But, you know, critically, it's, you know, as, as most, if not all, Zack Snyder movies do, you know, has been pretty, pretty. They've pretty always been and pretty horrible to him. You know, and he, they, but the thing is, his fans always show up. And, for I, him. and and that's I mean, that's that's a point I was going to going to lead to. I mean, I, what what this was was an interesting learning curve. As this this you know, movies can exist in different worlds. They're critically acclaimed role, 
the the audience, you know, you know, the the audience appreciated or the the you know the uh, audience acclaimed, let's just say, and and then the one that makes money, yeah. and 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 this is and, and they, they are they're three different entities, and and the only one we're in control of is 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 the work that we do. So, you know, I I I do believe it's going to be fantastic for my platform. I do think it's going to really help, and and there's no doubt this has given me a level of reach that I've never had before, and not just with with is working with such great actors and creatives like like Snyder and, and and the cast, but also, you know, working with a megalith like Netflix. You know, it's no doubt going to do that. But I, I think it's always best not to not to assume and just see where 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 things where things um, where things lay when things fall after after all of it. You know, um, all I can they, be in control, like I said, is the work. Yeah, they they seem to set it up for a sequel. Is that happening? Perhaps or yeah, seem- I mean. Uh, they, I know they've 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 got a whole world. I mean, Zach 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 wrote a Bible for for hundreds of years, wow. you know. So not as in hundreds of human years, but yeah, like yeah, fans. <laughs> yeah. You guys are gonna have Rebel Moon twenty five <laughs> in twenty seventy five. Yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, it's but in terms of the law, it is it goes back and goes forward a very long period of time. And I know if we have it our way, we'll we'll be doing this for for a, for a good few. I don't think we'd ever get to ten, but I think you know the, the the I think the story at least goes goes past past four or five, let's say. Yeah. Um. So let let let's let's see let's see let's let's see if we get to go there. I I know I know you know I know a few things about three and four that I cannot share with you because I will get. Is, is, wait, did you guys in. shoot too but, already? Uh, but I, or- yeah, two's already done. Two, oh, two I didn't out, know that. 19th, so, wow. So part yeah. two is okay. Wow. Part two, and it's also, it's also, also let's let's clarify. It's not two. It is part two. They are they are very you know because it, it, two implies a level of closure that um that I think really only for, not only but really gets gets achieved over over the two halves. You know, this is this is. If, if Snyder had it his way, probably I think we'd do it in one. We'd do it in one foul swoop together. Wow. So it's, it's it's good to remember. It's good to remember that there's a reason why it's not called Rebel Moon One and Rebel Moon Two. It's Rebel Moon Part One and Part Two. They're two Thank halves you for of the, the same clarity. Point, I like to say. Wow. So how long yeah. did it take you guys to shoot both? Then we we did two months of of pre production, which involved all the physical stuff and and uh the gym and, and and bringing together a kind of a fighting style and holding all the kind of the, the the stunt choreography uh and then seven and a half months of filming which is pretty good going for 180 pages slanging it out and seven and a half months i think is pretty pretty impressive yeah i would say so especially given all the effects and yeah. you know the action that's not that's not easy that must have been an incredible time do you do you feel like you really savored all that energy yeah. and all that you know it must have been so it's, intoxicating it's hard, to, it's hard to savor it in the moment it's hard to savor it in the moment but i think looking back i i really understand more and more so how how what an amazing opportunity what it what a, what a just a crazy experience this was you know not just creatively but to challenge myself physically i mean i i was sitting at six seven maybe percent body fat which is which is a professional standard for seven eight months that's like you know you usually you sit on that for the olympics or sit on it for for your shows and then you you go back to eating what you want and it was uh really and, and all of us did this by the way you know in, in in varying degrees and in different ways but everyone stuck to the stuck to the protocol and you know it was just i think as actors it's so much about so much about so much of what we love about this is challenging ourselves is 
is pushing ourselves, is understanding ourselves, understanding our limits, understanding our vulnerabilities, understanding our strengths, weaknesses. And uh, it was a wonderful thing to really get to feel at the precipice of of of, of, of my career whilst also challenging myself physically in, in, in such a way. It was, um, yeah, something I'll, I'll never forget. You know, it's, um, it, I believe it's a tipping point. And, but even if it isn't a tipping point in a sense, it's a tipping point for myself and my, yeah, I'm thrilled my, my, uh, yeah. You really, man. I mean, it, you, you were incredible. And, you know, do you have an idea of like, you know, if you had pun intended the agency, what is it you would love to, to really tackle next? If you haven't had the opportunity, you know, quite yet to, to do something, would you like to, yeah. what what's yeah. interesting to you yeah. right now? Um, what's interesting to me right now? I'm I'm currently um, writing, creating a, a a TV show. We have a we have a wonderful I can't say who, but a wonderful studio on board and a wonderful production company on board. Both of which, have, you know, you may may or may not have heard of. But point is, is we are we're pretty close to to selling a show that I've written with um with two of my close friends and created with two of my close friends. It's uh, imagine kind of Brooklyn Nine Nine meets. Meets Ted Lasso, meets mm, I think like Twenty One Jump Street. Love that, but with two Indian, but with two Indian guys. Amazing. So, <laughs> and it's not a diversity meeting. We're not we're not here trying to shove diversity on anyone's throats. It's 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 just a fun way to create a fun a show with with familiar tropes, uh, but in a way that kind of makes uh, creates a safe space where no. Everyone is safe. Everyone and anyone is fair game. I think in a in a in a in a, in a generation that is sometimes afraid to to have fun, you know, uh, at the cost at the worry of offending people. It's uh, it's 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 a fun way to play around with that, and also just give uh, give voice to a lot of South Indian and Indian actors who you know who have always fallen under the stereotype of playing the scientist or playing the. Uh, Playing the, the the cab driver or the you know or the comedic nerdy comedic relief you know we uh we've been the side dish and it's time to make us the main course and this is a really fun way to 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 do that so uh it's called the D team uh and uh, that's all I can say about it but hopefully within the next three to six months we will be uh we will be a green light and uh and next conversation we have I can tell you all about that but that's kind of my focus right now because you know what a what a dream to make your own work and not just that but make it with people you love. So uh, that's kind of the next thing. Obviously, Rebel Moon 2 comes out in three and a half months. Yeah. But, uh, and then the comes comedy with do. Paul, right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Know when, I, I, I don't know when Miramax is going to release that, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but that comedy with Paul, but, you know, beyond the things that I'm already working on and things I have worked on, um, for me, anything that challenges me, anything that, that, that polarizes a role I've played before, anything that... Um, allows me to have to really dig deep. Um, love to keep doing more drama in terms of, you know, uh, the stuff that I feel not most comfortable, the stuff that I enjoy the most. It's, 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 and, and, and I've kind of trained and studied the most is, is drama. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to the, you know, the kind of the, the roles that come, come my way that are kind of of that, of, 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 of that type. Sorry, my brain went blank there. But no, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I think uh, it's it, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because on one side, I, I think it's 
I, I think it's always good to remember to be a working actor as a lucky actor, you know, and I don't mean sell your soul and, and do shitty work. There've been jobs I turned down that were hyper misogynistic or just stupidly sexist or the arc just didn't really revolve around anything other than being an asshole. There's no redemption. You know, I'm not saying take just take the paycheck, but I think there's a double-edged sword because on one side, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-sided thing, right? Because on one side, it's like, I really just, I would, I'm just grateful to be working. I will go back to what I said at the beginning. It's a, uh, you know, statistically, I think we had this conversation. I think we had this conversation yeah, before we, we recorded, did, yeah. but you know, there's 69 million actors on IMDb. Right. And, and so, and they roughly to my knowledge, I won't keep breaking it down, but I think it's like if the top 15 to 50,000 actors work on a yearly basis or pay their bills with acting, you're looking at to do that. You're looking at the top 0.01 or 0.1% of actors. Like statistically speaking, that's ridiculous. You know, so I just, I think what I'm saying is I never lose sight of the fact that it is just, just a privilege to be working. Um, but uh, anything that challenges me. I'm curious because I ask every actor this and I know it's not an easy question to answer, but you've given such an amazing journey and how you've done this. And one of the things that I really appreciate about your story is that you, you started, you took a break and you picked it back up and for a lot of my audience, you know, this this journey is not always linear. It's not you picked it up and you kept going until you worked. It's no. a lot of stop starts. No. And, you know, for all the actors listening out there, and I know this is a deep question, but any words of wisdom you might have? Yeah. Um, this, uh, the first thing I would say is, Remind yourself why you do it. I think uh, it's a very unforgiving industry. Make sure you love it because it doesn't always love you back. <laughs> um, and what I mean by that is find the things that... So before I say that, let me start by saying um, find, find, find ways to focus on your own personal journey versus comparing it to anyone else's. You, Bruce Willis broke in his 30s, Morgan Freeman in his late 30s, you know, there's, there's no, as you said, Ryan, there's no linear path to, to, to the industry. Focus on what you're in control of, which is the work you can do. And, and beyond that, also before I go into this, yes, you know, find, 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 find ways to love it, but ways to have fun with it. It's important. Like I, I started auditioning. I started auditioning better when I started, sorry, I started, can you see me? Uh, it's it's tough, but you got me? yeah, yeah. I I, I can you hear make me? it work? Can you hear I can me? hear you. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Um, God bless Portugal. But uh, but um, it has to stay fun. We have to stay fresh. We and 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 going in going into that idea. The best thing I did was find find the things that make me happy and make me connect to life and keep me present with very, because we all couldn't, you know, we might goes, but find the things that can keep it because, you know, when my job comes along, you want to be prepared means constantly, constantly living, you know, and that doesn't have, doesn't have to cost money for me. It was, you know, and still is, you know, uh, oh God, is it mainly adults who listen to this? Right. I would say it's a wide demo. Yeah. 
but yeah, not it's not okay, children. Okay. So yeah, for yeah. me, for me, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take a couple of bits up. But for me, it's sitting in the bath, listening to listening to jazz music, listening to music. It, it's it's taking a book and going into a crowded space and watching. It was when I had the time. It was fostering pit bulls and fostering dogs. You know, it's reading. It's going out. It's experiencing. It's connecting to 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 life because that's the greatest source. We we watch our idols all the time, but life is the greatest teacher life is the greatest instructor what's more natural and more brilliant than watching real life occur versus watching the people we idolize reperform real life you know so it's it's, it's going out there and, and making yourself available and open to not just opportunity but to, to life to experience and in the simple ways um i think that that makes us way more ready for when the right job comes along and gives us uh, far more to draw from yeah so that's that's uh and yeah and and most importantly, just make time for yourself. You know, this industry is super unforgiving. And um, I wouldn't be here without the close people in my life, my wife, you know, I wouldn't, you know, so I, I have them to thank for, for me, for, you know, for getting me here along the road and making time for the personal things. Because again, this informs, personal informs the professional in our industry. You know, so even selfishly, that's not why you should make time for these things, but even selfishly for our craft, it, it informs all of that. So, um, yeah, that's it. That's that's what I would say. I don't know if that's a good answer. No, 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 it's it's perfect. And and Staz, man, this was such a pleasure. And dude, I really, you know, if you're, if you're in New York, we should we should hang and and I really hope we can. I love that, man. We'll, we'll we'll go out with the ladies. We'll go out for dinner together. We'll wax lyrical some more. You can you can you can show me around New York because I'm a newbie when it comes to that area. Yeah. But I'd love that and much for your time and your questions man it's, it's wonderful to sit and talk with a fellow thespian dude and thank you for your patience i know i ramble a lot and but i no. appreciate your time dude dude so much love brother and uh please come back exactly. when when the show when the next thing's in let's do it man let's All do right. it when d when d is out let's have a conversation about some uh about about where we're at i wish you all the best to you and your family man have a wonderful 2024 brother. same thank to you, you man all right much love later brother big love man thank you man If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.